I had not thought much about using Wikipedia as a way of science communication. And I'm kind of embarrassed about that because Wikipedia is the first port of call for a lot of people when they want to learn about something. Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana and I'm here with James Heathers. James, how you going? Lots of great feedback from yeah. our last episode. Yeah, you have to start saying where I'm from. You are the uh, chief scientific officer from Cypherskin. Good. That's right. From Cypherskin, from sunny Denver, Colorado. And we build guns loaded with offal and heroin. No, no, we don't <laughs> do that. That would be illegal and unpleasant. We build uh, on-body wearable technology. Metal. You can start saying that, or you can, or you can just continue to look confused. That's fine. Why break a habit of a lifetime? <laughs> How are you, Daniel? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Enjoying enjoying the summer here in in Norway. It's been. Oh, it's been- Back in Boston for a little bit. I'm not enjoying a fucking summer here. Yeah, summer in Boston, but Boston is like three. Seasons out of the year, it tries to kill you. <laughs> Which is the good season? Um, autumn is the good season. Fall, fall is very nice. Do you get do you get confused looks when you say autumn, um, or do people kind of get what you're saying? No, they know what it means. They 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 know what they did. Um, <laughs> winter, obviously. I mean, in Celsius, we've had nights that have been minus twenty, minus twenty five overnight. Gee, you, yeah. Everything freezes, all the plants die, and you have a blizzard in the city. But because it is in Canada, they don't know how to clean everything up properly. So that geeks everything horribly and it all goes to shit. Summer is disgusting. Um, It's like Singapore without the good food and all the cool stuff. Um, (laughs) It's as hot as shit. Actually, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, When I got off in uh, the the plane in Boston the first time, I I turned up – and it was the 2nd of July when I got here. And my first thought was, this reminds me of being in the the little garden that they have in Changi Airport oh, that's completely enclosed. Yeah, I know the one. Which is a beautiful, it's a beautiful garden, except it's about 4,000% humidity and maybe 30 degrees. And, you know, you get off the plane thinking, cold place. <laughs> and spring, it rains a lot, uh, a lot of the time. And there's like proper storms and it knocks everything over and it's genuinely horrible. It's wet a lot. So basically it's too hot, it's too cold, it's too wet, or it's exactly right. Four seasons, three of them shithouse. You uh I, I had I had no idea that it actually got warm. I just always imagined Boston as being a oh. cold place or slightly less cold place. Yeah, you t- uh, yeah, me too, before I fucking moved here and got off the plane and sweated in the cab the whole way to my friend's place going, What have I done with my life? That was years ago now, but yeah, man, it was 38 in the house the other day. When it's a warm place here, it's a real warm place, and the humidity at this time is about 60%, so we're all sweaty betties. Man. Well, today we- mm. um, Remember, remember, remember there's a- uh, the, the, ron- the rona's going to go away because everyone's going to go outside. I was like, in this? Or, or, fucked. or it doesn't survive <laughs> in heat? Huh? Oh, y- yeah. That, that was a good, that was a good Well, it turns out if it's this hot, Dan, neither do I. Well, uh, we, um, we're going to be doing a, a question and answer episode today and people have been sending in their audio questions via the audio question form on our website, which is a cool feature rather than actually sending, uh, we, we will still answer text questions via, via Twitter and email, but I think it's really cool. Yeah, that it, but it, we, we're going to hire embarrassing voice actors to read them out. That's a great I'm thinking idea. of getting uh, on on Cameo. I'm thinking of getting Gilbert Gottfried to read your questions out and then pretending that that sounds like you. That'll uh, people 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 will love that. Get the uh, the old voice actors in, but people have people have sent in their um their voice questions, and we've got two today. So if you do have your voice questions, go to everythinghurts.com and follow the links to submit your voice questions. And uh, and the first one that we have uh is from from a long time listener, friend of the show, um, Cytec Oleg, and uh, we're going to play it for you right now and have a listen. Dear Scientific Acneards, love the show, um, and I've found a lot of your episodes really, really useful. 
The one in particular uh, was the episode where you talked about writing and what you drink while you write and how you write and things like that. And I thought this was really, really useful, sort of excellent advice. Uh, what I wanted to ask was recently James put a tweet up saying that he reads about 350 papers a week. Now, this uh, sounds very, very daunting. And as a dyslexic, I find reading incredibly painful and annoying and frustrating. I was wondering if either of you had any tips on how you uh, how you read, um, how you get through such a huge quantity of papers, and are there any tips that you can have for speeding the process up? Um, do you make notes? Do you have a spreadsheet? All these sorts of things. I'd be really, really interested to hear. Um, yeah, great. Thanks very much. Thank you for that question, Ollie. Now, James, I knew... Okay, two, two, two things, two things. I do not read 350 papers a week. I read the titles of 350 papers a week and about 30 abstracts and about 12 papers. <laughs> so <laughs> let's get that one thing clear. I mean, that is a week's worth of reading if you don't sleep. It is a scanning and reviewing process and hopefully you haven't mistaken for me actually doing that, especially now when it's simultaneously I have less time at work. I'm less inclined to do it in my spare time. And obviously it's not really a core function anymore. I read much more focused things to answer focused questions now. Um, I still review research that comes in, but I'm thinking of changing the parameters actually, which probably means I'll end up going through more titles every day. Um, I was thinking of updating the whole thing entirely. So be be, be under no um, – I've always resented people within the sort of any scientific milieu who put them on a pedestal, put themselves on a pedestal and go, well, I work 16 hours a day and I'm a total sad case. And <laughs> basically you should all want to be really a, a lot like me. I, I'm an example to the youth. I, I, I myself am a, a, a shining jewel in humanity's crown. So you should live your sad, boring, drab-ass life exactly the same way as me. Um, I've always resented that in other people, and I assure you I'm not doing that myself. But the question still remains, Dan. We sift a lot of shit. We always have done. It's a work process thing that we somewhat conferred on years ago, and presumably you've done it just as much as I have for the entire time. If you are dyslexic or similar, what is the sifting process? Go. Okay. So, so just to clear things up, you would sift and go through 350 papers, to read the titles, perhaps the abstract a week, but then how many of those would you actually read deeply? About twelve. About twelve, yeah. Um, yeah. I that's a would- guess. I mean, I I got my my stock update uh, just now, just about an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing good in this. I mean, look at authority. Authoritarian attitudes are associated with higher autonomic reactivity to stress and lower recovery. <sighs> Go fuck yourself if you wrote that. I'm <laughs> oh. not reading that. Yeah, I, I was thinking how that related, but as soon as the autonomic came up, that was a that was a, that was a giveaway. Um, yeah, I okay, wasn't so- watching your face, but I'm sure you had a twitch there somewhere. Go on. <laughs> Um, okay, so Stalk is one way. Stalk is an online service where you put in your interests and it does a pretty good job of collating papers that it thinks you'll be interested in based on these keywords. Um, obviously, this one was a little bit off the mark, but it included a measure that you're interested in. Um, I do the same sort of thing. I have um, Stalk. I have Meta which is a newish one that I think we've spoken about before. This is something uh, mm. funded by the, the Chan Zuckerberg initiative. And it um, Stork looks a little rough around the edges, but it still seems to work quite well, uh, whereas Meta looks extremely well polished and it uh, I think it works just as well too. Um, and uh, I, but I think the-, the Couldn't the, 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 give a tuppany fuck how it looks. Yeah, but okay. Anyway, both but both both of them give, uh, give, give some decent results. I go through, put, put those keywords in and- Essentially, you can get a pretty decent idea of whether you're going to take a closer look at the paper, for me at least, by looking at the abstract. What did they do? What did they claim they did? Uh, and then I would take a, a closer look there. <laughs> have, <laughs> have a quick look at the methods. Of course, the authors make a bit of a difference. If this is an author of a paper that has written something sensible in the past, 
I am more likely to take a closer look. But also on the flip side, if they've uh, written some shit in the past, I'm less likely to take a closer look, um, knowing the sort of stuff they have done in the past. Even some sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. There's a few people I've met at conferences and I've looked at their work on this is really cool stuff. And then you speak to them at the conference bar and you learn about their research practices some stuff, I remember I met someone um, a year or two ago and I was a big fan of their work and they were telling me a story mm. of, yes, yeah, so I was collecting some data, we didn't get the result that we wanted, the p-value was just over, so we just collected a few more participants and I'm like, wow. <laughs> okay. There we they just they, they just straight up QRP'd on your shoes. But the, <laughs> they, they, they QRP. Hey, up fuck on. you, laugh at that. That's funny. That, that, that. That's very good. That, that, that's that's going to be the title of the episode. Um, but the thing is, the, the, the but the thing is the way the way they said this, um, they did not say it winking at me, going "ha," huh, I, I, I hoodwinked everyone. They said this in a way as if this was uh, normal practice. Uh, they yeah, and I'm like, um, and they, they, did, they did, didn't even flinch when, when they said this. So it's those kind of things that right. make you think twice. Yeah, when, of course. Yeah, of when, course. When, 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 yeah, when, look, for a lot of people, like open science and methodological reform is just something that happened to other people. It's like the Enlightenment. Mm. Fuck it. You know what? I mean, look, Dan, I like I like that story. I mean, that's happened. That's happened to me in a in in less explicit circumstances a couple of times. Um, have you ever met someone in front of a poster or you've seen their work before and they couldn't really explain what they did? Mm, a lot, yeah. Uh, and I'm like, that's the you know. And then I put the brick in my ear or the electrodes on the rat. I'm not sure which. I wasn't there at the time. Yeah, fuck you. I, I um, and ask. before and before you think, wait a second, hang on. Are you being unfair to someone with social anxiety? No, I'm not. I'm being perfectly fair to someone who is as dumb as a hedge. <laughs> I, I do want to ask you, what is your software process for doing this kind of stuff? Do you take notes? with these papers that you're reading? Is this purely a mental thing uh, that you'll know in the future? Oh, this is a thing that I read in the past because that author did that thing. Um, I, I think as, as a minor segue, I think this really speaks to the value of having a very uh, unique title of a paper. Um, there was a paper that um, that I was, I was reading today, actually, and the reason that I remembered it was because it had a really unique title. It used, um, you, you know, that... Um, uh, that that story, the, uh, the 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 blind man and the elephant, where you know blo- group of blind men feel an elf. Yeah, yeah. The, the problem I always had with that is no one ever got to the elephant's cock. Well, it was confused at the trunk, I James. Mean, if you, well, I know, but if you're reaching under an elephant, it's the natural place for your hand to go. <laughs> and it always it always felt like they avoided that bit just to make the, the story, story a, bit nicer, a little bit more sort bit of, more yeah. We, we, for the kiddies. I don't nice. I don't think there's anything. Well, you know, I mean, it, oh, everything's everything's so sanitized. I, I, I always resented how they uh, they ruined the original Brothers Grimm, you know? Well, we, we the original stuff was terrifying into and, and racist. <laughs> Dan, the most things written before about 1975 are astonishingly awful for every possible reason. No, and the Brothers Grimm is very obviously fantasy, right? Have you seen the illustrations from like the 19th century version? Not the original stuff, no. Of the oh man, there's a there's a photo you can see it on Wikipedia. There's a photo of Wikipedia. Is this wonderfully? It's it's got this like creepy Elan of the iron shoes being heated on the fire before they stuck them on the stepmother's feet so she could dance herself to death. And and people wonder why all the really good thrash bands come from Germany. I mean, come on, it's the it's the origins. That's the, that's the real shit right there. You know, like Snow White, old knocking around, hanging out with short lads. So we are way well, no, off no, no. topic. What, what I was saying was um, this. Okay, so this paper used ele- the elephant and the blind man in the title. It was a paper on. Uh, doesn't matter what it was on, but it was a good paper anyway. And I was able to remember okay. it very clearly because I'm like, oh, it's the elephant paper. I went back to where I store my PDFs, or I, I use um, mm-hmm. I use papers on on my Mac. Um, and then you always have. I always have since the very beginning, and I typed in the title elephant. Bam, paper came up. 
Um, so personally, <laughs> personally for me, and and all your other papers on elephants, yeah, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. presumably had James, less search that's for, for uh, that, that. That's for our bonus. <laughs> Bonus Patreon. That's what hurts after dark. That's hurts after dark, James. <laughs> hurts after dark. So, um, where were we? Uh, yes. Uh, so I Cox. use I use papers to store my stuff. When I read a paper, read it, read it deeply. Um, I will make highlights on the important stuff. Potentially make notes uh, as well as making notes of stuff to follow up. Um, of course, within a single paper, there's a lot of um, potential rabbit trails that you can go down. Uh, an interesting paper might oh, cite yeah. 20 interesting papers. So, rather than actually falling down that one by one, I'll just do like a purple highlight going, follow this paper up. Um, and that is mainly how I do my reading. I do it in papers, um, highlight the stuff, occasionally make some notes, um, uh, especially in terms of work that I'm thinking about right now or work that I may do in the future. And I've got a, a little mm. ideas Folder. So maybe they've applied a method that I'm thinking of doing myself. How do you process the stuff that you are reading? I read until I know them. And I think it's worth remembering. Generally crystallizes. I'd love to be able to lie and tell you that I have a Zotero library or even an organized folder on my computer, but I literally don't. But- if something's interesting enough to go into i'll go into it in sufficient depth that i'll remember and if it's sufficiently useful to remember it won't be forgotten honestly it's not it's not about forming great big interconnected libraries i have tried doing things like this i may have even said previously like i'm trying this thing right now um i i stopped because i realized that at some point in time everything was structured enough that it was just a pain. You know, I've never been, I mean, I've tried very hard over many, many years to become more organized. Not even a Zotero library? Uh, well, I have some, but no, Dan, I, 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 if I don't know it, then I don't keep track of it. But look, you're not actually helping nice Oliver, even though, which I'm now going to call him, like nice Peter from the Akewood comics. Um, well, that's an obscure reference. No one will understand. You're, you're not actually helping him. If you were him, how would you do this? Uh, look, I still think doing the highlighting and doing the notes for me, um, I only remember certain papers, ones that have puns in their titles. Uh, so that is <laughs> – it's, it's easier. That is how I remember stuff. Um, look, r- real simple stuff. I get distracted very easily. So when I really need to sit down and do a paper, that's why I like doing paper reviews. People talk about paper reviewing, peer reviewing as a, you know, this is a, this is service for the community. It is service, but I see it as a way of almost forcing myself to do a deep dive into a paper. I almost, I remember almost every single paper I review because obviously I'm reading them very deeply. Uh, so if the paper comes across on my desk, I include that as papers that I'm reading very carefully with the papers that I'm reviewing. Um, but yeah, but with, with these other papers, I would just um, turn off all distractions uh, and uh, and just re- read them carefully. Some people I know will actually print out physical paper. Um, I thought this was quite archaic and I actually tried it and it was amazing. There's, there's, there's no way to get distracted by notification when you're reading a piece of paper. It's a very easy way of actually uh, uh, get, 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 getting into <laughs> getting into what the the guts of the paper is. So that's one thing that I would recommend trying: actually printing the thing out and um, and, uh, and and then reading it uh, on, on on dead trees. James, your tips. Okay, so I think you want to be a lot more selective in the first instance. I think you probably want to work on the literal skill of how do I match a title to something that I actually have to read. If you have a focused topic, I would go for authors sooner than I'd go for keywords because a lot of doing this, this process, is throwing things away. It's a matter of retaining information. I would start off with publications from authors who have focused research in your area that you trust. I would do that first because any single investment of time in actual reading 
is it's going to be more difficult. They thought my uh, my brother was uh, dyslexic for years. Um, actually, I have no idea whether or not he allegedly still is. I don't know how that works. Um, so I would start by making your triage process as heavy duty as possible. And I don't think it's too much to ask to be able to review a lot of titles. I don't think that's too much to ask. Maybe one thing to try would be to take everything that you feel like should be read and save that somewhere and search it if it ever becomes cross-referenced with something later to see if you can triangulate something where you need to spend the time for what will be a more challenging activity than dickheads like us who just like, you know, reel these things off like a dirty limerick over and over again without really thinking about it. The, you know, a combination of uh, years of practice and kind of, well, you know, a lot, a lot of people are probably less critical about uh, what they read. We'll, we'll read the paper. I've, I've, I've met, I've met Ollie. He seems like a lovely man. Um, I, I assume he'd be less willing to utterly dismiss out of hand something uh, on a heuristic basis than we would. But the thing is, but for us, like when we read a HIV paper, we see red flags in the method section going, hang on a minute. The, for, for instance, uh, uh, when when the LF and, and, and HF normalized power doesn't add up to 100, for instance, if, if it adds up oh. to like 300, we're going, this paper's probably shit. Um, but that's like- <clears throat> well, Look, if the authors, if the authors can't add- I reserve the right to throw the rest of it away. Yes. Yeah. And just v- very simple things which demonstrate this, these authors don't understand the principles. Then if, if, if that has popped up in the paper that we see, I'm sure there's a lot underneath and that sort of stuff oh, yeah. comes from, it, it, it comes from experience. So I think this becomes easier the more experienced, mm. the more experience that you get. Uh, in- well, uh, uh, yeah. The, the, the more, the more field specific heuristics that you have. If you're convinced that there's some strong theoretical overreach that always happens in your field and people always do it and then they fucking always do it and they do it right in front of you, um, yeah, part of it, there, there is a desire, I think, I certainly had this and I, I know other people who have had it. There is a desire to try to triangulate and know and marshal everything and it is a little bit like uh, the school of Buddhism, whose name escapes me, where the whole point is doing the futile thing as much as possible until you realize the futility of it. You cannot get there. I mean, years ago, I literally tried to do this for um, biosignal topics. I literally tried to read everything that existed. But that was kind of uh, – you spoke about this before, I think privately or on the podcast. Also, I, I had – Ages and ages to do that while exactly. I was being poorly supervised. Yeah, so you had it's the time. Not a, it's it's well, yes, also not a topic I recommend because you come out the other end unfocused and extremely angry. <laughs> of course, that could just be me. Look, let's let's leave let's leave that one there, Dan. I I I, I, I get the impression that we're not helping anymore, and I'd rather be helpful. That was that was actually you. You know what? You know what? You know what? I've got I've got one here that I haven't done. Let's do it. Let's do it live. Google okay. Google Scholar alert. Uh, this is just the HIV specific one. Google Scholar oh, alert. Oh, HIV or HIV very uh, heart rate variability new results. And this was delivered. Oh, I missed one yesterday. Naughty James. Okay, my my Gmail is getting away from me now um, because I need to use my personal email a lot less. Uh, they okay. cancelled my university email so I can't get into it. Get your stopwatch out and I'm going to narrate this. Uh, no, I've got, I've got the exact through. same email. I think hopefully we've got the, t- this, the same two papers that have popped up. Maybe? Uh, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how that turns out. Um, I don't know how that works out. Let me let me just go through this. Get a stopwatch out. Okay. And Started. Okay. Okay. 
The relationship between uh, PM 2.5 and HIV in older adults, a systematic matter review and random analysis. It's in chemosphere. Um, it's about particulate matter and HIV. I knew some people who did some shit on it years ago. It has some vascular factors. It's not relevant for HIV. Some of the research sucks not reading it. Analysis of HIV to understand the effect of cannabis consumption on Indian male paddy field workers. Fucking hilarious. Um, really like it. Interesting topic. Don't have enough time to read it. Introducing BioCQ or biocoherence-based nonlinear index to explore heart rhythm. All of these things are based on mathematics that comes out of a place where there is no theory in the first place. I'll read this if it's done by a bioinformatician sort of person and nothing anywhere else. Patent, uh, method and apparatus for enhancing atrial fibrillation detection. Um, yet another version of calculating something we've been doing since the 60s. Uh, the phobic applying for a job, differential efficiency, reappraising or faking subjective states, physiological reaction and performance. Okay, that's in personality, individual difference. Not a terrible idea. Seems to cross over with EEG. Not relevant work enough to do it. Method for identifying a farm animal having an impairment of regular capacity in response to metabolic stress, patent, um, horse horse stuff at a minimum is well beyond having to that patent making any sense. Wearable sense of acquisition of biometric data, not enough information to give a shit. Four-week training involving thoracic lumbar It's about back pain. It's an RCT. They're measuring HIV. Completely pointless. Systems and method of multi-segment transcutaneous vibratory output. Okay, that I might read. Um, because that's a way of, uh, pour, pouring a bunch of, uh, pouring a bunch of information in from multiple systems and doing something with it. But it is a patent application. I don't recognize the authors. So I give that a 50%. System and methods of mitigating negative effect of therapies of transcontinuous vibration. Uh, fucking duplicate of the one above done. There you go. Uh, right, stopwatch, uh, a minute. Okay. So you, that's a minute and that's me narrating it. So the normal process is about eight. 12 seconds. That, that's it. That's so strange. I, I got my HIV alerts and I've only got two papers. Uh, I think one of them was the same. Another one was describing a new Python package for HIV, um, which is, is, is interesting if, if I'd use Python. All right. No, I, defi- I definitely didn't get that. I don't know what's going on, but I definitely did not get something meeting, meeting that description at any point in time today. Maybe the, maybe it's, it's di- maybe the thing f- doesn't fire off every email at the same time and does a local search depending on when you signed up or something. Could Maybe do. it goes off every 12 hours from when you signed up years ago. I don't fucking know. All right. So, bef- but I didn't get that one. Before we wrap up this uh, segment, we're going to read up. We're going to read the, the oxytocin alert. Okay. Uh, this is from Go. the- This is from the- Hang ju- on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I, I'm going to time you now. Okay. Oh, there's, there's, there's only one paper, James, and it's, it's going to be very quick. All right. Well, fucking get started. You're still being timed. Okay. Go on, get on with it. This is from the journal Animals. Um, Ejaculate collection influences the salivary oxytocin <laughs> concentrations in breeding male pigs. <laughs> You're definitely reading that because you're jealous of what they do with their day job. <laughs> um, in, 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 oh, dear. <laughs> ejaculate collection influences. Um, in a weird way, this is actually interesting, um, I have to say. And it, it solves an interesting question because um, the, the debate on oxytocin concentrations in, in, in saliva and blood is interesting. And we know that orgasm actually increases. It's pretty much the only thing that reliably increases oxytocin in the blood. Really? Yeah. Um, hmm. pe- yeah. People think that like hugging and all that other stuff, but the, the, the one thing, the one way that you can experimentally without actually administering oxytocin experimentally increase oxytocin in the blood is, is, is orgasm. So there you go. Really? Yeah. Okay. Are you differentiating between orgasm and ejaculation to make a statement like that? Uh, no. So b- b- ejaculation and orgasm, both, both, both will increase oxytocin. Oh, wow. And it's, okay. it's, 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 it's really due to, uh, to the muscle contraction. So it, it actually. Oh yeah. So it, it right. So it's it's muscle contraction that it's actually related to because it's 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 really it's involved quite a lot in smooth muscle contraction. Yes, yes, yeah, obviously. Okay, so oh, we've got all this way. I'm sweating my brains out. I need to either change my shirt or stick my head in a bucket of ice water. And we started with this really quite nice question, and we've ended up with pig cum. Hi, it's me, James, host of the show. Actually, no, that's what Dan says. Um, I'm just here. Anyway, you've probably heard that I have a job at a real company now, like a big boy who owns trousers. Um, you can find us at cypherskin.com. Now, if you go there, you may find that there are interesting things if you are a physiotherapist or a physical therapist or someone involved in basic physical kinematics or adjacent. Now, 
let me ask you let me ask you to do something reasonably straightforward. Go to the website, have a look through, and if you like what you're seeing, I'm I'm collating feedback right now from the shit we're doing. So see what you see and then find me on Twitter and send me a DM. I wanna know what you think. I want your feedback. Your thoughts are important to me. Your thoughts are mighty. Welcome back to Everything Hurts. This episode, we're answering audio questions. If you have your own audio question, go to everythinghurts.com, follow the links and submit your question and we'll answer it in a future episode. We're going to play our next question, which is from Jeff. Hi, I'm Jeff and I'm an associate professor in France. It looks to me that Wikipedia draws renewed attention these days and this raises two questions that may be the two sides of the same coin. First. As scientists, should we spend more time writing Wikipedia articles? And second, should we use Wikipedia in higher education? I'm wondering what are your thoughts about that. Thanks. Thanks for the question, okay, first of, Jeff. First of all, I think I think we have a, a, a new candidate for sexiest voice. Um, sorry, sorry. Previous question from um, who, who was it? Ollie. Aaron. Ollie. No, 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 not not Ollie. That that voice is oh, too Aaron much. Empire from, Aaron from Scotland. Ah, mellifluous tones. Oh man, I could listen to that man read the radio. This is a great question about Wikipedia. Um, I had not thought much about using Wikipedia as a way of science communication, and I'm kind of embarrassed about that because. Wikipedia is the first port of call for a lot of people when they want to learn about something. Both you've never have you never edited a Wikipedia? I have never. I have never edited a Wikipedia article, and I haven't seen much. Really? Have have you you done this? God, yes, of course. What sort of topics? Oh, um, specifically, you know, when it says this topic is just a stub, you can help by expanding it. Yeah. yeah, man. When I was a grad student, anything that came up that that was uh, that was like that. So, fuck. I don't even know what the account was called anymore. I probably gave it some miserable name like Shit Tits McGinty. Or something. <laughs> are we talking science here? We're we talking the, uh, the 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 history of Artaman. What sort of stuff are we? <laughs> the history of Artaman <laughs> was boring then, and it's boring now. That's all I should say. Oh, I want to go um, check that out right now. I'm dance, sure that someone's dance- been- Dan's making fun of it because I, I lived there for years and years. Um, yeah, it was adequate. That's something you can say about a suburb without getting in too much trouble. Um, look, this is this is this is one of those sort of quiet, weird elephant topics that's in front of everyone all the time, right? And it is, it's. It's a little bit like error detection in the way that everyone knows it's there. Everyone kind of likes it when they really think about it. And people don't actually realize the work that goes into um, being able to do the entries in the first place. Um, It is not as straightforward as it looks. You might think, oh, just knock it in. It'll be all reasonably straightforward. It'll be fine. Yeah? someone who is a details-obsessed kind of, like, I assume patriarch kind of person will turn up and and ask Tom full questions about what you're actually doing. And then um, people will make sort of what sometimes feel like arbitrary decisions about what you put in. Um, I think about all that trouble. Do you remember Jess Wade, who never had her as a guest, but we really should have. I don't know if she's still doing it. She had a project at least a couple of years ago yes. where she's putting all the female scientists in the world on Wikipedia. Now, yes. people love reading about stuff like that, but I'll tell you what it doesn't result in. It doesn't result in a mass movement of other people going, I'm going to do that myself because it's fucking hard. It actually involves research. So here's the first thing. It's actually work. It's like writing about science and not being roundly mocked for getting like six words wrong out of 1,200. It's actually work is the first thing. The second thing is... I mean, it's a little bit like the coronavirus. It's fucking there. We'd rather that it wasn't there, maybe, or we'd rather it was controlled, maybe, but it's there and we have to learn to deal with it. Full stop, end of story, we have to learn to deal with it. It has so much power within search rankings 
that it should be reasonably intolerable to people who have a good detailed understanding of the topics on it that it i mean it's it's never going to go away it's never going to change it has been so dominant for such a long time it means so much to search rankings that if you have the beginning of something that's there then that's where people are going to start it. it's the literal beginning of people trying to understand topics from scratch I think it's very interesting in an education context because quite often it is actually more accurate than the textbooks. One thing that we always joke about on Twitter is how, uh, oh, looks like we have to update the psychology textbooks again. Another study comes out. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we find out it's bogus. The data was bad. The yeah. research made it up. And Turns so- out he didn't have ego depletion. He just, was just constipated the entire time, and all he needed was a nice lie down and some Senna tablets, and then everything <laughs> was fine. Let's change the textbooks again. The- You're absolutely right. These things change again. And then I had, a, I had a quick look. One thing in the textbooks that I'm sure would be in some textbooks now would be this idea of power posing. I had a quick look right there, uh, right right then, on the power mm. posing um, entry on Wikipedia, and I'm going to read. Oh. The, I'm going to read the first I, sentence. And I, it's- I, n- I never have. I mean, I'm going to do this too. What Dude, fun! Okay, I so love doing these things live. This is this is this is totally. Live. I feel like we're less full. Of, I feel like we're less full of shit when we do things like this. Okay, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. Okay, power posing. Power posing is a controversial self improvement technique or quotation marks life hack in which people stand in a posture that they mentally associate with being powerful in the hope of feeling and behaving more assertively. Though the underlying science is strongly disputed, its promoters continue to argue that people can foster positive life changes simply by assuming a powerful or expansive posture for a few minutes before an interaction in which confidence is needed. Now, I'm sure that is very different than what you would see in a psychology textbook that was written shortly after these results came up. This is this is absolute fodder for isn't this cool type research that you tend to see in first year psychology textbooks. Now, if in the curriculum you're actually referencing this Wikipedia page, this gives a more accurate representation of what the research actually says. And I was actually surprised at how how well it re- represented it when when I had a when I had a quick read of this. Good Lord. Now, just, you see, this is interesting. They've done this without being too gratuitous and sticking to the actual facts. Today, power posing is often cited as an example of the replication crisis in the sciences. That is descriptive without taking a judgmental position. That is mm-hmm. very well phrased mm-hmm. because obviously there's some extra strong-ass disagreement about that from Oh man, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, people in sort of psychology adjacent fields who continue to take it seriously and will make all sorts of assertions about it, but it is very definitely cited in that context. So this is, yeah, okay. Maybe this is a bad example, as in it was too much of a perfect example. no, it's not. It's not a bad example. It's not a bad example at all. I know it's a great um, example. Maybe it's not representative of the sort of stuff that you would see in the research. Well, in that research, I mean, if you're going to read the uh, Journal of Musicology and Bat Guano Juggling or whatever it is, where some of this stuff goes on, or if you read the last meta analysis, I mean, this stuff was hoovered up from a variety of places that, um, without wanting to be disparaging, I would call shit house. Um, so there's a lot of stuff in here, but you know, I tell you what, see, if I was going to make a, okay, so Marcus's paper on this, which I remember from a couple of years ago, yeah, that only gets, that only gets three lines. Um, and I don't, what happened to the multiverse analysis? Is that here? Doesn't seem like it is. So looking at the history- um, it's it, it's it's obviously also not a matter of it just being comprehensive. It's a matter of it being representative and short. So we have a series of different functions that can take place here. We can talk about the maintenance of a topic over time to reflect current knowledge. We can talk about the expansion of what are probably specific and detailed things. And then there's adding new entries from scratch which we'll call the Jess Wade version because she's such a gangster at it. You know, I mean, what is she, like 200 
female scientists. That is not just easy. A, 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 it's the amount of research that's involved because that's a, a lot of the time that's not some shit you can Google. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to do that. Um, I think that I that's a whole project on it now. Um, We're gonna get her on the I show. Think that was I, th- I think that was 2018. I mean, I, I'd love to know what's happening with that now. I mean, that was just at such a good every time someone gobs I remember this, every time someone gobs off to you on the internet, you go to Wikipedia and you make a new entry for a female scientist. I mean Great. That is that is what I was like, talk about like one, fuck you, but I'm using the impetus of fuck you to do something that's actually useful. That is my favorite kind of solution for just about anything. Um, yeah, she's awesome. Props to her wherever she is. So, I mean, the other the other component part of this question is, I mean, so look, obviously, it's it's never going away. You're allowed to play, but bear in mind that it's work. And the other thing is, obviously, can you use it? Now, there's a story here I didn't tell you. I uh, I changed something on Wikipedia to being more accurate. While I had a class who was working on no. the topic, tell do tell do tell okay, the story. So it was a thing. It was a, a specific thing on. Uh, it was a specific thing on HIV, and it, well, I knew it would come up because it was it was relevant. It was to do with without going into the details. It was to do with the circulatory component of the autonomic response, and I edited the wikipedia entry at the time and then i thought no i edited to make it better dan it was to make it clearer yeah yeah, yeah, um i have no idea what it was this was a decade ago um i edited it to make it clearer and then i thought should i mess with them and tell them that this is an important component of something that i want to talk about and i thought about it and went because I'd know, because I would recognize my own writing coming back to me if they ripped it off. <laughs> but I didn't do it. I had an attack of the nicest, oh. and I told them that if they ripped off the Wikipedia entry, I'd know because I wrote it. Yeah. And to their great credit, they did not rip off the Wikipedia entry. Everyone took it seriously. <laughs> to their great credit. Shout out to undergraduates in Australia who take writing tasks seriously. Good, good for good them. Good on them. Yeah, so look, something that I, I, something that I like, I don't like whataboutism. Well, we're doing that, but we're not doing this. Yeah. The Wikipedia adjacent project of making open textbooks that are on different topics feels so much more vibrant and necessary and real right now than any concern over whether or not a crowdsourced encyclopedia is going to be accurate. Because one, there's so many more details to fill in from scratch. Two, textbook stuff is fucked up right now. I don't know how much librarian news you read. I read a little bit. Something that's happening right now is because students are not going to libraries to borrow books, there are publishers who are trying to fuck universities on ebook prices. Oh, I've seen this, yeah. You did see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know, oh, we're supporting all the students, we're making all the COVID research free. Yeah, like anyone can read it and they're just gonna start braying stupid bullshit about masks and hydroxy fuck chloroquine again. I like library um, Twitter. It's interesting. Like, yeah, librarians get a bad rap, man. Um, as in, they don't get any rap. They, at they've all. been talking about open just, science they, long before any of us have. Ton of, oh yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, what they? I, I wonder if they need some kind of hero librarian, like Shearer for the librarians yeah. or something, <laughs> to, to, to the, the lead, a, lead a popular like. uprising against the, the 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 forces of fucking bullshit that they're beset with, continually shrinking budgets and continually obstreperous. Uh, publishing representatives who can't explain for any reason why that ebook just got five times more expensive. Um, okay, the, the, besides me losing my fucking temper, which is coming and I can feel it, what were we talking about? 
you know that our Everything Hurts patrons can get access to a library of 20 bonus episodes? Well, you do now. We release a bonus episode every month to our $5 a month patrons who also get a lifetime 20% discount on Hurch merchandise. We also have a $1 per month tier, which gives you access to a monthly newsletter, the merch discount, and the occasional bonus episode. If you want to support the show but can't swing the Patreon money, you can share a review or post about the show on social media instead, as we'd love that as well. Now, let's get back to the show. Okay, so, so the use of Wikipedia. I'm so dehydrated. Drink, drink up, my friend. The, uh, <laughs> Wiki books. Wiki books. Wiki books. I like this idea, and I've heard. I haven't actually looked at them myself carefully, but I heard a few, I've had a few people tell me that there are a few good options for wiki books in terms of psychology. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, contributors who, who are making really good introductory psychology textbooks, and I think this is the way to go. Uh, the information is going to be more up to date. It's it's uh, a lot more equitable because people can actually access these yeah. things. Um, and I, I still think it's weird that uh, within psychology that we're actually maybe within the first year context but beyond first year i think it's unusual to be actually assigning a textbook it just seems so super fucking weird it just seems so i don't know how a textbook can possibly cover the stuff you want to cover and stuff will go to date very quickly and you can tailor the perfect course based on a selection of papers, which in education context is free to distribute. So I always enjoyed, it didn't, didn't happen very often, but I always enjoyed the courses at more sort of third year and honor psychology where it was literally uh, the, um, the the lecturer was like, here are some great pa- Here are the five papers you should read for this topic. And I'm like, this is great mm. um, because yeah. there was no such thing. There was no textbook for this particular thing they were teaching. And I thought that was great. This is so cutting edge. That no one's actually thought of it. No, no one's actually put together a textbook. But here are some papers to get you up to speed. That is the way to do it. Yeah, for sure. And if you go to the wiki books, um, psychology is a subject that we're going to talk about. The social sciences. Um, some of the um, biological sciences are a little bit better filled in from memory, but I'm sure there's holes there as well. Um, go to the biological psychology um, textbook within the psychology subsection. And it's a fucking ghost town. It's just waiting for someone to come along and make it beautiful. And look, this is, it's just the same thing that we see everywhere. Yeah, everyone wants it and it's hard fucking work and there's too much to do. I actually, if we have, if we have a whole profession of people who, especially when the, the, the plague is plaguing, if we have a whole group of people who are busy and don't have time for shit like that, they don't get no, like, Google days off Fridays to do whatever the fuck we want. I think we'd get a few more goddamn open textbooks if that was the case. That would that would be hugely beneficial. But these things, I mean, it's ask anyone who's written a book chapter, ask anyone who's written a whole goddamn book, anyone who's had to curate a special edition of a journal episode, it's fucking work a lot of work and it's not on the front lines of anyone's this has an immediate reward kind of because i mean otherwise it's the first fucking thing that you do i mean think about how many introductory textbooks uh, my, my my old master's supervisor used to uh, he taught first year psychology at sydney right and he had maybe 15 different possible first-year undergraduate textbooks in his room because these product reps would just show up, these shiny little men. Hi, I'm Kevin. Fuck you, Kevin. What do you want? I just wanted to know if you'd think about buying our book because these grubby little pricks, what they what they know is they're talking about thousands of buyers for their what then would have been $80 to $100 textbook a year, Right. Thousands of buys a year. Big, big bucks. So uh, we could conceivably over over two semesters with uh, like people falling in and out of whatever, not being able to share resources properly. We could be talking about a like low six figure amount at top end. Mm. So he got all of them for free, and they just sat in the corner of his room, and occasionally we used them as doorstops. <laughs> they picked those ones. All of that. 
all of that can go away. And everyone wants it to go away. But the problem is the backbone of being able to have the time to put the shit together. I would really love some forward-minded fucking, uh, some lunatic who hands out the money to get more into basic process shit. Let's have really well curated. Let's pay for a year. Someone's going to go on sabbatical for a year or two. Let's pay them better than they make now, which isn't fucking hard in academia, to curate this book that's just called Introductory Psychology. Let's give the money to that motherfucker and they are then responsible for curating and getting contributions out of everyone else and do it a little bit at a time so it doesn't ruin anyone else's life. I I can't imagine a thing that would have more bang for your buck than that. Than paying someone to curate an open access wiki textbook for psychology that anyone can use, not not only in in countries that are well to do, but also uh, countries yeah, that don't. Obviously, have a, it's everywhere, but not even not even that. I mean, people will be able to bang on uh, putting countries on strata. Yeah, if you're at Harvard, it's a twenty minute walk to Bunker Hill Community College. Guess who's got less money for fucking textbooks? Mm. Well, now it doesn't matter anymore. It's like. Honestly, seriously, I don't know how much that would cost. You don't need to do any typesetting because everything already has the – it's there. It's there already. The entire spine format backbone of what you're able to do. And book book, book down pretty easy to use too. The only reason I never got – yes, yes, good point. The only reason I never got less militant about this is that I have so little experience – teaching broader topics and structuring courses and doing syllabi and shit like that, that I wouldn't know where to start. But part of me is part of me is amazed that it hasn't been done yet and part of me is just thoroughly unsurprised. Or or maybe there's people who've heard the last five minutes of audio and gone, hey, fuck you two, we already did this and you just haven't heard about it. Let us know. Now, if that if that's the case, you get a great big shout out and a fulsome apology, but only from Dan, on our next episode <laughs> as we pimp open textbooks. We'll send you a we mug may too. Even, we, we'll, yeah, we'll send, you send them the good mug. Good mug. They can drink, it with, drink with your sunny face on the outside saying it's a good day. I mean, when it when it comes to like the amount of people who go like this is a formal area of study. What's their interface for going through it? It's that. But I mean, there's so many other benefits. Like if you've got if you've got a a a, a, a internet capable tablet, boom, it's on your tablet. Yeah. It's on your phone, no matter where your phone is. It's on your computer if you've got the university Wi-Fi's. It's downloadable. Yeah. Jeff, thanks for sending in your voice question. Uh, that one had, uh, yeah, r- really made me think. It, it, it was great. Uh, please keep sending in your audio questions and uh, and we will eventually get to them on the show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again soon with a new episode of Everything Hurts. <laughs>